So this morning, someone reminded me that we are in the last week of the first month in the second quarter of this year. Mm, cheesy, right? But yes, the month is moving on, and it's a good time to remind us that we are counting down to the Lagos Startup Expo, holding on May 20. Volu, why are you doing that? Um, You're doing I'm like a gangster. <laughs> Lagos Startup Expo is holding on May 20, and we are counting down already. It's like 23 days to the D-Day. And I'm so excited about it for so many reasons. And one of that is that it's another opportunity to network and meet amazing people and also find out different things that people are building in the tech ecosystem, not just in Lagos, Nigeria, but in the whole of Africa. And I'm betting it with you there will be a lot of startups and people that have not even yet on the idea to start us, right? They are coming there to display what they are building and get clients and get people to use their product. And the interesting thing is that you can even meet businesses that will use your product. So it's not just tech enthusiasts that are coming to use your product. You are, you are going to meet um, decision makers in startups, in companies. You are going to meet entrepreneurs like yourself. And let me just tell you, come and buy a booth. You're not even buying a booth. Book a booth. <laughs> Book a booth at Lagos Startup Expo that is holding on May 20. And um, how do you reach us? You can send an email to business at techpoint.africa to know about all your options. Or you can go to lagosstartupexpo.com and check out all the amazing things we have prepared for you on that day. With me today in the studio is... Chungwe's Dream. And... Bolo. Why are you not talking loud? You see me shout. Why are you done in my spirit? What's your name? Shim Gozirim. Bolu. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Thank, Tech you. Point Africa Thank you for having me. Who is having you? <laughs> <laughs> so today we are touring around Africa. Then we will talk about something that is happening in the world scene. So fasten your seatbelt. It's not going to be a roller coaster. But yes. And oh, it's a good time to also appreciate those that have been commenting. We've been seeing your comments on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and uh, we appreciate your feedback. And we are we are trying to implement all you've been telling us to do to make this podcast a more enjoyable one. Thank you very much. Keep them coming. Today, we heard that there's a beef. I smell yes. beef. Even they don't call it a beef, I smell beef. Okay. Because, what's it called? Elon Musk is known as Kari Stalin to, to South <laughs> Africa. And <laughs> it's, it's surprising because many of these, um, whenever like there's a global company trying to set foot in Africa, they will consider one of the big four. And the one that is... Mm, most of the time on top of the list is South Africa, but Starlink is not going to South Africa. And it's surprising, but we found, we found out that it's actually, there's actually something behind it, and it's probably from the side of the government, right? They are saying Starlink should get some licenses, and I feel um Starlink and Elomox, Elomox Starlink, they are not interested in it. I don't know... Um, um, what is behind it and um, 
why why they are not going for those licenses. But Sterling has, has has set his foot in Africa already, and Nigeria was the first stop. Then Kenya. Then there are more coming. Um, the, 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 I think is in Rwanda too. Rwanda. Yes. Then the, in, in for the re, in the rest of 2023, it will soon be in Zambia, Angola, and Tunisia also, Ghana and Egypt. But South Africa, what's going on? South Africa has the highest um, highest consumership of um, internet, internet, and I hope they resolve whatever it is is going on between them. I hope they resolve it, but I still smell a beef. But okay. we'll move on from from that. Let's move from South Africa to Zimbabwe. Yes, Bolu, yes. What is up? The, that, that, the name of the country is hard to pronounce. Why should they Z- be having problems again? Zimbabwe. <laughs> it's actually quite easy for me, Sha. Yeah, but before I go to Zimbabwe, I just want to go back to South Africa for a brief moment and just someone made a comment on um, something I spoke about in the last podcast, I think. Yeah, I said something about Netflix and I mentioned One Piece, right? As a South African movie that was getting a very huge funding so um that was an error one piece is is being shot in south africa but it's not exactly a south african movie so uh thank you very much for catching that yeah so back to zimbabwe now <laughs> landed <laughs> all right so in zimbabwe um i'm sure if if you follow uh, global news or even if you don't you know um zimbabwe has been suffering from hyperinflation inflation for some time their currency devalued to an extent where like i mean th- when a country has a billion um a, b- a note that says one billion right you know something is really wrong so what zimbabwe is trying to do now is to peg its currency to a gold backed digital currency right so they want to create a digital currency is Zimbabwean digital currency that is backed by gold, right? This essentially means that that currency's value is dependent on the value Value of of gold, gold, right? So it is basically what uh, you see stable coins doing. So when they call, stable coins are backed by different things, right? So if you want something to remain, to stay in a particular value, to remain as um, to keep that value, you need to back it with something strong. So if you want something to have the value of the US dollar, you need to back it with the US dollar. So if I'm issuing a certain digital currency and I say um, one of these things is equal to one dollar, that means for every um, every every currency I'm issuing, I need to have one dollar yes equivalent to back it so basically how the thing works mm. right but the thing is um the marble would need 100 million dollars worth of gold to in circulation no oh. in reserve, in reserve to back this currency that they are planning to launch mm-hmm. right and it seems like something they can do because already in i think in the first quarter of this year they already made up over 300 million dollars um in gold yeah right so or i think what they would need to do is to beef up production um or mining whatever it is of gold and have that in store to back you know, the currency they're about to launch i think it's pretty 
brilliant. I'm not an economist, so I I don't want to say what I don't know, but because I've seen this work with stable coins with uh, um, digital currencies. They are stable coins, you can go them cryptocurrencies. So I think it can also work. So uh, aside from that, mm. uh, it, it could also work since Zimbabwe's like one of Zimbabwe's largest exports is gold. Yeah. So they mine, they mine gold. So it's 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 kind of at their fingertip. They have it as a natural resource. Mm. So they are trying to work with what they have to get what they want. Mm. It sounds it sounds feasible. Yes, yes it does. But then I mean, when we now when we rule out all the theoretical and then we say, oh, it has worked with stable coins. It might mm. work this way. It's also important for us to think about what this could do to um, the U.S. dollar because it turns out that Russia is also. Um, planning to work with countries that are willing to do this kind of thing, right? Mm. Which means it will render, they won't have to use the US dollar again, mm. right? And the owners of the US dollar, I do not think will be happy with mm. something like this. Uh, and they always have a way. As I don't think it's it becomes a threat until maybe the largest of the largest economies. I mean... Because, mm. you know, wait. So what I'm trying to say is that now, some economies are large. Mm. They are backed by the U.S. Their currencies are backed by the U.S. dollars. Yes. Okay. And the, the U.S. has like a leverage on them. They probably have loans they have to pay back to the U.S. So they cannot make that kind of decision. True. Yes. True. So maybe the U.S. should not worry yet. Zimbabwe... No, we get there, US. But I'm just trying to say that maybe it's not something to worry about. Maybe it's well, not yet a cause for alarm. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not. And you know, that's, yeah, you're actually right because I mean, it's the, that is the reserve currency for many, many, many countries. Mm -hmm. And that is not something that will change overnight. But then, if it will change, it also happen gradually. It will happen, true, yeah. True. So just need to see. It yeah, they need to nip it in the board before. Nip it in the board. Why? Yes, it's not necessary. It's they necessary might for be them a to world power, but uh. it is actually necessary for them to remain the reserve currency because it helps them with um, sanctions and things like that. Because a, a country that has been for? a country that has been sanctioned by, say, the US, for example will not be able to trade, trade. with other countries. That's but then if there's an alternative, right, a very easy alternative, which means they don't have to use, um, um, there's, this, there's this particular global um, system of that, that makes it possible for countries to, to send, trade. yes, to send uh, money between Swift. countries. Yes, SWIFT. So which means they don't have, you don't have to use all that, right? You have to. You cannot use something as straightforward as sending USDT to someone. I think. I think we should just wait till it works well, in the economy. When, once it works in that economy, I mean, if it works for Zimbabwe, uh, Nigeria too could. Nigeria could try something like that. Nigeria has a lot of things, <laughs> so but it's holding it back. So, but that's that's not a conversation for today. Mm. I think we should come come down to Nigeria and talk about something that I just read. This said like a conversation that created a lot of buzz on the internet because we wanted, wanted it to be true so bad 
mm. really wanted it to be true. It's about one of um, Nigeria's um, pop- popular artists and techpreneur, um, Mr. Easy. What was it about? Um, okay. Um, so last last week, yeah, yeah, last week, there were some reports flying around that Mr. Easy had sold his company to sold his company Nvidia to Gamma. Well, it turns out that was false because one, he doesn't own the company, and you can't sell something that doesn't that doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. And so I did a little digging and discovered that one video is obviously like i said not not his company um the claim was some some other reports so there were a lot of conflicting reports some people said oh um this is mr this was or is mr is company and he sold it for one billion dollars which was i think the first alarm bell for me because um a billion dollars is huge regardless of where you are mm-hmm. and for a nigerian company to be selling for a billion dollars then and especially music tech that uh, that was quite unusual still is unusual so i checked and um some of the reports also said that okay oh it's not mr easy it's zagadat capital that was an investor in in the um, what do you call it in in video yeah so what really happened is that video was sued that's that's actually true it was sold last year to gamma so gamma is a it's like a company that is trying to build software for music distribution across the world. So it was founded by a former Apple, Apple Music executive, Larry Jackson. Mm-hmm. And um, they were not acquired. We still do not know the actual value because none of the parties have said this is how much yeah, we are acquired right. for. Um, we we just heard that they were acquired. But I guess where the $1 billion rumor started is that... Um, People, so there are reports that Gamma raised a billion dollars to back its investments. So we are not also sure of how much they raised. So this is probably a lot of speculation mm-hmm. masquerading itself as fact. Yep, so that's like what was here. So after seeing the news, I published an article that was trying to set the facts straight in a way. And a representative from Empower Africa reached out with a claim that um, they did invest in, yeah, with a claim that they did invest in Vidya. Mm-hmm. So um, according to him, the, the investment was done through Empower Africa Ghana, which is a subsidiary of Empower Africa. And he also mentioned that, so in the article, I, I, I pointed out that Zagadat Capital, there's, there, so there are no public records of the investments they've done apart from the i think that was their probably their first investment in in uh, powerpay so powerpay is a fintech startup that they invested in i think 2021 so i mentioned that there's no public record of any other investment they have done but the the representative claims they have invested in um, startups like eden live pacer and a few other startups across Africa. So, um, so far, we still don't have like any concrete evidence that yes, there was an investment. But the reality is that Mr. Izzy did not sell the company for $1 billion. First of all, he did not. Um, he, through Empower Africa, may have been an investor yeah, in it. So, until we can confirm without any doubt that yes, 
and about Africa did invest. Um, we can't we can't authoritatively say that he did invest in Nvidia. Nvidia. So yes, um, was Nvidia sold for a billion dollars? No. Um, was did Misaizi become a billionaire through that deal? Most likely not. So yes, um, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing that a Nigerian investor got an exit. Hopefully, a very favorable exit. But let's know what you are saying, please. Yeah, he's good, but we want to is leaving us with that word. Let's not let's know what we are doing. Oh yes. And from there we move to um Rwanda. Right. Um we've come to live with the fact or the reality that one of the biggest problems that um African African countries face is the issue of identity. And it's 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 a lot that Private institutions have tried to solve it. Mm. Governments have tried to solve it. And in this case, Rwanda's government, are, uh, the Rwandan government, rather, has, has come up with something. Like, you know, when you take something digitized, kind of gives it this sense of it, 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 the problem becomes less of a problem. Mm. Um, and yes, officers, it gives it some more sort of sophistication. Oh, God, English is hard. I so, understand. Yes, it gets. So what is Rwanda doing with digital ID? All right. So um, what they're basically doing is there is a proposition, right, a legislative proposition to make the current process of ID registration and issuance digital. So it will not be the usual... You're smiling. <laughs> you're feeling me, man. <laughs> no, I'm not feeling you because I know how it is with some countries I've not mentioned. Okay, okay, yeah. So... Registration and issuance of digital of identity will now be digital. In they are proposing that they want to make it digital, right? They want to amend um, what they already had in two thousand and eight, um, two thousand and eight act, on how it already works. So they want to, you know, make it nice, you know, more digital. Uh, and it's coming in uh, two ways. Some say three, but I think it's coming in two ways, right? Um, where you have, you still have the physical ID, but that ID will have a QR code that, when scanned, it will reveal. Okay, it will reveal the details about sure. this person, and then there will also be. There's another one that is coming with um, the QR code. We have biometric data, everything stored. Mm -hmm and then there's another one coming as a token right it's not really clear how that will work exactly but i think the most important thing about this news is what makes you know digital ids different from what yes idea. what is already in existence in existence right and the most important thing is that it combines digital id now will now combine everything into one and I, I mean i say everything i mean every form of identity so we are talking driver's license we are talking um, even bank cards mm. you, you can now withdraw money with your um with that card um basically this everything even assets you own assets you own will be linked to that identity because what's Rwanda is actually trying to do is they are calling it the SDID, which is single digital ID system, mm -hmm. right? And then I looked into it and I saw that it's actually something UN 
ones for every country, for every member country, right? That by it's part of their um, goals. Yes, their is sustainability, sustain, SDG. SDG, right? So by 2030, they want all member countries to have this form of identification, right? So that means that it's it's giving a really weird vibe, right? A kind of weird privacy vibe because that means there's a central place where every single thing about you is could be not, accessible. Is that not the ideal? By yes, but the issue is, can I now control? It's so centralized that I can't. The control. You can anybody can control anybody that gets access to that thing can do anything with it. You can okay. even be deleted if they delete your um data. Your data. You do not exist. You you don't exist and you don't belong to any Yes, I I, I understand all the concerns that Mm. are around it, especially privacy concerns. But I believe that this is this should be the ideal. Why should I, for instance, as a Nigerian, have an NIN, National Education Number? Mm. Why should I have a VIN, Voters Identification Number? Why should I have a BVN, Bank Verification Number? Why? Why can't I have a single thing that you can use to identify me as a citizen of a country? So that is why I'm saying this. Sh- that should be the ideal. I think as of the time that um, Nigerians, Ni- the Nigerian government was very, very, like very serious about enforcing everyone to get their national education card. I, 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 I think we were told that to come to a time that that card, the plastic one, the um, the permanent one would have a chip in it that we can use to withdraw for withdrawals yeah. as bank cards. And it was nice to know, but this is where we are now. Like you don't even get to get a physical card. And as of the time, as of people that got their card in the early 2010s, mm. right, the number on their card is different from the NIN that is needed now. So just imagine that kind of thing. So if a government is coming on and saying that um, introducing a digital card would make sure that there's like a central database for everyone, for everyone that is considered as a citizen of that country, I believe it's welcome. It's welcome. What they should now pay attention to is the security of that data. Yeah. Right. They should pay attention to privacy and make sure that their distance is not porous. I think that's the trust issue that citizens have with African government. Yes, but their distance mm. is too porous. Like just look at a government website and like <laughs> I had the I have a penetration tester on my list. Okay. Yeah. And I think a few months ago it sent me a zip file containing um, what's it called? Excel sheets of a particular u- university. Like I could assess everything, and it was he got it from Open Web. What do they call dark web? Dark web. Oh, is that is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah. Where these people, when they are, where they go and put it for sale. Yeah, that dark place. Web. That that was where he got it from, and he was trying to tell me that it's not a Nigerian, it's a Pat- Pakistani, mm. and he was trying to tell him that hey. We, we've tried this a number of times. They don't respond. Mm. So that is where the trust issue is coming from. If you can't protect, protect my data, why do you want to put everything in a spot? But personally, I believe it's welcome. And it would be nice to see if, a, if an African country can pull it off. It would be, to be very I nice know, to I see. Have, I, have I, I, I just feel the, that they'll be opening it up to 
you see the to other you know, no this. aside from the privacy issue i think the un is really spreading this thing i want it to work because they also want access i mean this yes. won't be the first time that that's why countries or african countries in particular fall behind on sdg goals it's almost like i mean yes, it can it's expected that mm. they would always fall behind even if you give them 50 years they would mm. always fall behind but for me i think i mean for on for, for so for the government it, it feels cool but if i was a card issuer for example i don't know you're taking away a source of revenue for me so i'm going to push back against it you don't have an you don't have a What's the English choice? They have a choice. Is the government we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, is the government we're talking about? But if I saw enough doubts into people, is is no like, so you go to your bank. Your bank gives you an ATM card, right? Mm-hmm. You have four accounts, for example, with four different four banks. Accounts. All of them give you cards. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go and maybe so? For example, we have a we have like a central. We have a a banking regulator in Nigeria, CBN here. So why does the CBA not just say, oh, one back, one card to rule them all? So you have one card and yes, you can do... I don't know what Nigeria wants to do with Afrigo. No, that's that's not really what they want to do. It's it's just introducing one extra card scheme. But yeah, if I have one card, that <laughs> means the banks have to figure out... A and way to key into it. Yeah. And how do they make the money? Who is going to be making the money? So I, I mean, like, so I'm looking at it from the part of being a business owner who this makes up is because that makes a lot of money for for banks and guys like that so i don't know the rest yeah. the whole privacy so, issues i really i don't know it I may probably be resolved i i mean i'm not i'm not so big on privacy but i i know why it's important but it's not something that keeps mm-hmm. me up at night <laughs> okay <laughs> yes um that, that we've, we've had a a great conversation around Africa and it's a good time to also is to mention that um sometimes in January we mentioned that uh Tech Nation was going to shut down and they put the date at March thirty first. But um in the meantime they asked for people that are interested in acquiring their assets to show up and they received a dozen a dozen of um interest but they decided to go with Founders Forum Group. So Founders Forum Group has acquired Technation and what that means and why you should even care about this thing I'm telling you is that Technation Visa is back, right? Did they ever go? No, because Technation continued to receive applications as um, for um, Technation as the endorsement body for Global Talent Visa. So the application didn't they didn't stop the application, so they kept coming in the anticipation that there will be a new endorser soon. And here we are, founders forum to the rescue. And yes, um they are not only just acquiring technician, they are taking up and relaunching some of their um, initiatives that were stopped because of lack of fund, and they are also um, going to bring some people on board the leadership um, role because this founding CEO uh, has moved to an advisory role, so is out of uh, the CEO role. But the good news is that, as if I want to say, like in Nigeria, that <laughs> technician visa is yeah. back and 
is something that a lot of Nigerians have benefited from. In fact, it's the second country. Nigeria is the second country um, with the largest um, beneficiary of the tech of Tech Nation visa. So, yes, it's good news, and we are happy that it happened like that. Um, thank you very much for joining us once again. Don't forget about our newsletters, the flagship newsletter, Tech Point Digest, um, the Workaholic that talks about everything about employment, work, HR, layoffs, and what have you, and also the FinTech, FinTech Today, rather, spearheaded by Chimbozuim or Chigo, whichever one you want to go with. Yes, and don't forget to subscribe to these newsletters, share with your friends, with your network, and your enemies. reply to our emails. Please, <laughs> please. Yes, Lagos Startup Expo is holding, and we, are, we already have exciting um, in, um, products or startups that are already on the list of exhibitors. We have Rachnidia, we have Cardtonic, we have Cardify, we have Anchor, and, and Gray, yes, and Gray. So we have a number of them, and we would like you to join them. We have them, we already have like different sponsors announcements. You don't want to miss out on this. And if you want to attend to, go to legosatopespo.com and, at, and attend to be, uh, and, and register right there to be an attendee. This is hard. Don't you miss Emmanuel? <laughs> Emmanuel should be back next week here to host this beautiful podcast and I can take a break. But for the meantime, I enjoyed doing this. Thank you for joining us today. Hope I'm bye. missing out anything. Bye. Hope. Hope. No. So let's say our bye. Bye. bye.